The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, I am Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. And look, joining me this evening as co-host, as always, we got Rick. Yes, Macca, how you going, buddy? He's back. Here he is. I'm back after being benched. After being benched. That's right. Well-deserved benching as well. Did you notice that I had separation anxiety from the show? You did. You left like 400 messages. So Yeah, I had to participate in some way. You did. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That's it. And look, once again, we want to hear from you out there listening in. Um, what can we read into this victory? Does it mean we are back on track? Um, or does the level of opposition make it uh, a little bit hard to read into? Is that the question for the punters? That's the question for the punters, mate. Uh, I like to hear their answers to that one. What do you think? Well, I guess we'll get into that a little bit later on, won't we? Four surprises, Macca. Let's I'm actually lower bit... load uh, too early, mate. Yeah, Jana's saying here tonight. Could go anywhere. That's right. Look, I want to make a bit of a change to one of our long-standing segments on the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast here. And look, St. Chris uh, last week asked about changing the love and hate to sweet and sour uh, in honour of our China uh, TV deal. Look, I'm going to make an executive decision here and say yes. So, Rick, what Whoa. was your sweet thing about Port Adelaide this week? Sweet. My sweet thing was the fact that we had an awesome first quarter, Macca. We blew a side out of the water. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a long time since we've done that. I can't even think of the last time we did that. Maybe against Hawthorne last year. Yeah, yeah. Or we could even go further back to the first showdown at Adelaide Oval. But, uh, yeah, Hawthorne last year was pretty awesome as well. But there's been long times between the, the drinks of thrashing, first quarter thrashings, that's for, that's for sure. And that's, I think I even said to your dad before the, uh, uh, the game, I just want to see a, you know, a big first quarter and blow them out of the water. And we did that. That's right. Yep, absolutely. Look, I've been in the locker room, I think, four times. And three of those times, we've had massive first quarters. Ah, awesome. So you're a, you're a good luck omen for big first quarters. Not saying I'm an omen, but I'm definitely an omen. So, there we go. <laughs> so, what was your sweet? My sweet this week, I loved the way we responded defensively this week. And uh, only three weeks into the year, of course. But um, we, we kept Essendon to their lowest score and also their lowest quarter score for the year to date. Um, there were times when it looked like Essendon really didn't quite know exactly how they would move down the ground. Um, and we only gave up uh, one Joe the Goose goal in the last couple of minutes. I think it was even the last goal of the game, uh, which was fantastic. So, you know, forget the opponent. I thought it was a huge step forward structurally uh, for what we want to do. Absolutely. And I think I think that's a good love. It was a great... Any game, 50 points or thereabouts or less is a good result as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's it. Look, we've already had a response to my question that I put out oh. there. Uh, Hold the phone. Ryan is, uh, has typed in and said, um, sounds obvious, but we need to prove ourselves against better opposition. This is a big week. Yeah, 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 right. Everyone so comes It is a bit obvious. Buddy, yeah. I mean, what are we, mainstream media? That's We want to call you Tony Shaw or um, <laughs> who else is there? David Parkin, perhaps? Or, the Park. You know, the Park. The, everyone. Well, who came out today and said, yeah, I think it was Tony Shaw, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, we handball too much, so we're not going to make finals. Yeah. I think, uh, I think even Caro had a bit of a crack as well this week and said that... Um, really? Yeah, like 2014 was the aberration and this is um, the Hinkley era. What we're seeing right now is you know, a little bit disappointing. Right. So it's, uh, I don't know, it seems like a, a few people being a bit premature with uh, sinking the boots in, I think. Yeah, that's good. Let's bring it on because that means we might come out and play our Port Adelaide football macker. That's it. Look, we're sitting 2-1. and one. Frio have the big goose egg at the moment. You know, Hawthorne yes. haven't been all that impressive. There's plenty of yes. uh, plenty of teams below us. I mean, Collingwood have really struggled. Richmond have really struggled. Plenty of teams below us that um, that were highly rated that um, have been doing a hell of a lot worse. That's for sure. It's all right. Keep underrating us. 
And I'll, I'll get the answer to that question later too, Maka. What's that? What is Port Adelaide football? What that is can be Port Adelaide football? That can be for the second half of the show. With modern football as it is now, what is Port Adelaide football these days? All right. I'll have a bit of a think and, uh, and ask that question a bit later on, mate. Please do. So, so what was your sour this week? Well, I found it really tough. So outside of the, all of our Port Adelaide supporters urinating on Essendon supporters, um, I think, uh, which is pretty sour, really, I'd imagine, um, I went with injuries. Yep. I just, I'm not liking the injuries, and it, it makes me concerned. Is, is that brat, Jace, Jason Akamanis, forecast right where we've flogged our players into the ground and now they're struggling to physically um, stay sound? I mean, it's still early days, but, you know, there is a little bit of um, indecision now in, uh, in what's going on with our fitness program. Well, that's right. I guess if you want to have injuries, you want it at this time of year. They've just come off a huge pre-season. Um, the body, body might be a little bit fatigued, so you might want to have injuries now as opposed to later on in the year. So, look, if we're going to you know, burn through them now, I'd prefer that. True, as long as they don't continue to continue on. Mm. Look, I what mean, most, your... of them are, most of them are just like small-time injuries. I guess uh, Matty White's the, the big danger one, but that's more of an impact injury, isn't it? You know, it's... Yeah, that, that was, was three over training. But. His was just unlucky. Yeah, absolutely. And Jay Shields has been around for a few years with an aging body, so I guess you could argue that one as well. Yeah. No, so is it true. as bad? Is it as bad as what we're making out? Not sure. Not sure. Maybe not. Time will tell over the next few games. That's it. Well, look, my sour this week. Speaking of Tony Shaw, my sour is uh, that we over handballed. Um, but it's not uh, so much that it's the quality of the handballs which are really disappointing as opposed to the fact that we were handballing too much. Um, we did so many hospital handballs, handballs to knees, handballs to feet, handballs over heads. You know, we did uh, undid a lot of our good rebounding work this week by just playing deplorable handballing. And the fumbling inside 50 as well, um, and someone's also mentioned that um, on the board. Uh, Todd Bell mentioned the fumbles in the last three quarters, and I have to agree with that. Um, I don't mind us over handballing inside 50 if it leads to free players and clean shots at goal. That's the whole point of doing it. Uh, but for God's sake, lads, get some bloody grippo on your hands or something because there's no point handballing, handballing, handballing inside 50 if you're just going to drop the ball and at least the pressure and then no scoring shot. True. I don't mind the, uh, the little bit of overuse of handball, though. I think... We've been going a very long ball game plan lately with um, very minimal disposals, which has suited the teams like Adelaide and potentially the Bulldogs, which sort of swept back. And, um, you know, so we sort of reverted to a little bit more of a possession game plan, especially once we identified that Essendon was sitting back behind the, behind the ball. So, yeah. uh, and I guess, look, a little bit of over handball means we're trying to run the lines and break the lines, and that's a good thing. Absolutely. We just need to do it better. That's right. That's right. We we undid a lot of our rebounding work by just poor handballs. Look, I think Sammy Gray did quite a few, and Ollie Wines did quite a few as well. And you know, we just need to be on point with those. Uh, Jakey Need, if he never handballs again, I'd be a very happy man, to be honest. <laughs> well, uh, the bloody it's hard for him to handball. The football's about half the size of his body. Yeah, true. Look, Porsche <laughs> has written in and said um, we've played twenty five percent of our Adelaide Oval games already and are an unconvincing 2-1, it's not unreasonable to suggest that we may struggle to get points away from home. Um, well... Yeah, not sure. Yeah, I'm happy to... Well, I'm happy with where we're at. I mean, as you keep pointing out, showdowns are 50-50 games. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for us, we were completely insipid, and I don't know why. So, I mean, we've, we've knocked off a improving St Kilda and uh, we beat Essendon quite convincingly so yeah I mean we're actually 100% from our home games at Adelaide Oval we can't ask for more than that yeah well I wouldn't say I'm happy with our results today I'm content with where we're sitting at the moment 2-1 we haven't been playing great footy but uh, you know in two games we got the points on the board so I guess that's all that matters did we win ugly or lose ugly last year 
I think we won ugly quite a bit last year, to be honest. But we lost a lot ugly last year as well, <laughs> we, didn't we? We did lose, yes. That so, right. I'd rather win ugly than lose ugly. That's right. What is your uh, WTF moment for this week, mate? What the hell are the quality of games going on? Aren't they awesome? There was quite a few ripper games this week, I have to yeah, say. Was, and I normally hate watching the all-Victorian games, but that North Melbourne-Melbourne game and the Hawthorne Bulldogs game, they were crackers. Back-to-back, you're not going to find two games back-to-back as good as that no. in, a, in a hell of a long time. I mean, that no. was just two of the best games you ever want to see back-to-back on a Sunday. Absolutely great. The North Melbourne um, game, that was like watching games from the early 90s where it was just a complete shootout. Forget yeah. about your defence. Just uh, just goals going in everywhere. And look, Melbourne were pretty unlucky not to win that in the end because they had a couple of shots that missed. And obviously, uh, Billy Stretch had that shot uh, on the siren, maybe just after the siren. Uh, would have been interesting if that went through for a goal and what the decision would have been. I actually tricked everyone because what I did is I... I sent all the coaches an email after our podcast saying the um, the AFL's abolishing the defensive stats from the percentage. So maybe maybe some people believe me. That's it. Possibly. Um, you could have I... you could have laughed at that, Macca. Oh look, I'm a laughing sort of guy. So <laughs> there we go. All right. Yours done. My WTF moment for this week. I was going to say Frio. What the hell's going on there? Zero three. Who would have thought that would have happened? Yeah. Um, but I'm actually going to change it to Bob Murphy. What the hell? Oh, just what, uh, happened? just what happened to him? Oh, it looks like he's done his... Well, he has done his knee. He looks like he's out for the year. Um, That's clo- closing in on 300 games, he's a... I think... Well, I'm pretty sure he's a captain. Um, yeah, you know, it's, they're up and flying at the moment. He was playing some great footy to start the year and had a great game on the weekend and did his knee with, uh, with about 30 seconds left. So it's... Um, not what you want to see, not for for an old bugger like that. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, it's not, not that great. And, you know, he comes across as one of those guys that's just a really, really nice bloody guy. Yeah. You know, every time, you know, when I've watched him on 360 or just in the media, he's just one of those guys who's got his head screwed on, he doesn't seem arrogant, uh, you know, he loves Banner with the supporters, loves his footy club, loyal football player to his footy club. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't deserve it, but I guess that's football, isn't it? It's not all life. It's sometimes it's not fair. Yeah, I mean it, the question has to be asked: is is this the end for Bob Murphy, or will he play on? And you know, he's a sort of wiry sort of player that um, doesn't really get injured all that much. So if he can come back from this, um, you might be able to expect him to play for a couple more years. And as Todd Bell um, points out on the board, um, Luke Beveridge has, uh, has said he wants him to play for three more years. So I'm sure we'll see, uh, we'll see him uh, reach his 300 at some point. Um, we've got a, uh, another message from Jimmy, one of our uh, hosts for the, the Game Day podcast. Um, his WTF moment for the week is Aaron Young. Seven goals in two weeks. Who would have Yay. thought that would have ever happened? The leading goal kicker. That's it. It was, it was our secret forward recruit that no one ever spoke about this year. No, that's it. He is the X Factor. He there is. He and I'm loving it. It's great. It's great. He's, uh, he's delivering. Hold on. He is delivering. How long can it last? Well, the bubble's sure to burst at some point, but uh, let's just enjoy it at the moment because uh, it's great. Look, he's really playing that Monfrey's sort of role perfectly. To be honest, he's, he's working yep. working up the field. He's getting the ball. He's a he's a sharpshooter when he gets it inside fifty. Um, you know, he's really playing it perfectly. So good on him. Absolutely. Look, we got some questions uh, from the Big Footy Forum, which I thought yes. we might uh, crack into a bit. Um, Rick Porsche has asked, "Do we now have a better two dads?" It's just outrageous, Porsche. I mean, look, you can't base it to stuff off of one game just because the kid's bleeding. I mean, uh, I heard a rumour he cut himself on purpose just to try and outdo Jasper. He's that in- insecure about the uh, the hyphenated name component. So, outrageous. Look, McLovin, yeah, yeah. what a what a star. What a debut. It was a great debut. Hey, what about, um, what about Johns, who asked Macca, um, has Amon put himself in front of need when it comes for Wingard to retire? <laughs> I think so. Amon's a gun and look... Uh, Carl really is the mini Chad, so if Chad wants to retire in the next couple of years, I think we've got a ready-made replacement there. 
And Butcher or Howard, you have to pick one for this week. For this week, I'd still go Howard, I think. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about both of them later on as they both uh, sure. had very good SANFL games again, which is great. Yeah. Um, Dylan has written in and says, stop trying to make uh, McLovin happen. Look, it's already happened, Dylan. I'm sorry, but it's <laughs> a fact. He's now known as McLovin. Just deal with Mc- it. <laughs> What a gun. Look, Awesome Dow has written in and said, uh, will Carlisle ever make it back into the side even after his wrist heals? And, um, oh, yes, of course he will. They'll look after Carlisle. Don't you reckon? I think so, yeah. Look, he's going to play plenty of more footy for, for Port Adelaide this year and um, you know he's going to have uh, plenty of other uh, superb matchups. I think. Uh, it'll be interesting when uh, Tommy Cleary comes back. That's what I'm interested in seeing um, and whether we do sort of rest Bobby throughout stages of the year and sort of drop him back to the SNFL and give uh, Cleary a few games at fullback. I think, um, I wonder if this could be Bobby's last year. Well, he is out of contract at the end of this year, I think. So it'll be an mm-hmm. interesting call. And, um, Opening up his business, uh, starting career planning, Maybe. You, you might expect he might get a one-year deal. Um, maybe he might look elsewhere. You don't know. What about long-lived PAFC, Macca? Can He's Bobby Trango? questions. Can Bobby Trango, Homsch and Jonas all be in the back line? The quadrangle of doom in the back line. Um, yes. I mean, I guess that's something that we've spoken about in the first few weeks. Is it a bit too tall? Is it a bit too sort of one-paced? Uh, maybe it is, but look, I love Bobby back there. Um I think Jackson Trengove is the uh, is the glue that keeps it all together. Jack Holmes is obviously a star, and look, Tommy Jonas has um, has played a couple of decent games in a row now. I thought he was really good on Friday night. And he, do you know the answer to this one? He wants to know what I'm typing during podcasts. Yeah, I do want to know that. Do you? I yep. sort of gave a clue. Looking up music. Looking look up, up stats. Music. Hey, you should have that already, so you don't have to type. Well, when you start rambling, I just sort of put you on mute and just start pumping out a tune, mm. like living next door to Alice or something like that. And, uh, and then when you stop, I sort of get it back. What about St. Chris? He wanted to know how long I'd talk for if he said he wanted to put some dollars into managed funds. Oh, there you go. Look, someone's calling me up at work. How outrageous. <laughs> Who the hell's calling me at work at 20 past eight at night? Look, Who you expects- planned this so you can talk about finance on the phone. I can't believe someone's actually expected me to answer the phone unless they know that the podcast's on and is trying to disrupt me. But anyway, bear with the telephone. It will hang up shortly. But yes, uh, St. Chris, I can talk about uh, investing dollars into managed funds for quite some time if you really need me to. That's it. Look, Jimmy on the uh, on the Spreaker forum has said, um, who takes the Hawkins types in the future? Um, at the moment, I reckon uh, that would be Tommy Cleary. I reckon he's... Uh, He's got a good sort of size about him. Obviously, maybe not um, the height, in which case maybe Logan Austin comes into uh, consideration. He's a little bit taller. Mm. Strength, I guess, isn't it? Is Jacko strong enough? Probably not, no. no. Um, though I think he's, uh, he's, clever. he's more clever than what people give him uh, credit for, I think, Jacko. Dylan has said, uh, with an organised defence, we shouldn't need a big fatty to take on the big fatty forwards. Might, might be a bit true, I guess. What about, about Matty Sullivan's um, written in? Sorry, Matty Sullivan's yes. written in and said he suspects it might be Schultz and Carlisle's final season, which I guess is a fair call as well. Yeah, I think that's a very fair call. I reckon, I reckon both are struggling to get over the line. And let's face it, they've been two great servants for the Port Adelaide Footy Club as well. So yeah. if it is their time, we uh, hopefully they get to bow, bow out with a bit of class and a bit of grace and maybe another opportunity to grand final. That'd be pretty good. What I liked... Um, uh, Crimson's Raven statement will have Lolly Wines ever not try to break through three or four players' tackles? Well, if I was that big and that good, I probably would bloody do it every time too, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's why you got those big quads <laughs> for, mate. <laughs> that's it. Look, Link, long live PAFC. I've got a couple of questions from him. Stuart for Howard, was it the right call? Stuart for Howard? Yeah, I didn't mind it for an evening game. I yeah. thought Stuart was okay. Stewart had his typical Paul Stewart game, I think. He sort of was busy early, then he fell out of it, then he got injured, sort of got carried off, then he came back on again, everyone clapped him on the ground, and, you know, that sort of happens every week with Paul Stewart. So, was it the right call for Howard? I guess we'll never know, really, will we? 
I mean, Howard could have really stretched their defense and taken a few marks and maybe uh, had a bit of a breakout game. But, um, yeah, not sure. I think if it was a day game, I reckon Howard would have played. I think we intentionally went small um, because of the uh, you know the nighttime game. Gets a little bit dewy at times, and it's a bit colder this year. So I think it was a, a fair call. And Macro, I've got a big one for Look you at here. It. Sorry, it's a resounding bad call on the forum. Uh, Porsche reckons it was a bad call. Todd Bell has said he'd rather Howard to develop the lad. Uh, Dylan has said zero reason at all for him to be around the team. Uh, Porsche has also said for Stewart a nothing game is nothing for Howard. It's vital exposure to AFL, which I've got to say I agree with. So screw you all. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Poor he, Paul. Uh, I like Stewie, but um, yeah. he deserved his opportunity, and he he did all right. He put his body on the line as he always does, mm. and uh, you know it was a it was a sloppy night. So yep. someone of his size uh, was more suitable than the the Doogmeister, who will be back mm. potentially even this week. Macca, but Raman's got the big question. He wants to know, why don't hookers kiss? Look, I don't know if Kale Hooker kisses or not, but I guess um, you know he's out for the next 12 months, so he's got to practice something, doesn't he? <laughs> Is that what you were really working on? <laughs> Was that not your material? That's my straight bat to that question, mate. Anyway, should we get on to the football? Yes, we should. Let's get on to our review. It was a well-rounded four-quarter effort by Port Adelaide on Friday night, um, beating Essendon by 61 points, 17 goals 10 to 7 goals 9. Um, Charlie Dixon and Aaron Young led the way with three goals, whilst uh, Robbie Gray, Westhoff and Carl Amon kicked two goals each. Uh, I guess first things first, mate, the crowd on Friday night was uh, 44,000. Was that below expectations for you? I think so, a little bit. I mean, it's still a great crowd, so don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not uh, sort of bitching and moaning about it too much. But, um, yeah, look, Friday night, I um, you know, I don't think we had too many events on in the city. I would have hoped for, um, you know, 47, 48,000. I mean, you're always going to, unless it's an absolute rip-snorter blockbuster, both teams firing, you know, you're going to get over 50,000 generally. But... Yeah, I would have. I would have hoped for forty-seven, forty-eight thousand. Well, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I was. I was expecting forty-seven plus. Um, didn't happen. Do you think the Essendon factor and the fact that maybe a few people might have thought it was a, a fait accompli of us winning might have had an effect on that? I think. I think a few Essendon supporters might have thought that. I didn't see as many Essendon supporters as what we've had in previous years. Um, however. Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe a few of our own supporters might have just jumped off for a week, perhaps, do you think? Yeah, look, maybe a few stayed away because of the showdown result. I definitely agree that there were less Essendon supporters there than usual. Essendon have a a big sort of following in South Australia. Um, And usually you can tell, usually they've got quite a loud support, but outside of their cheer squad block, um, you didn't really see or hear much uh, of their supporters at all, but... On a whole, I thought the uh, the atmosphere on on Friday night uh, was was maybe a little bit uh, down on usual. Yeah, I mean, look, after the first quarter, I mean, the game uh, the game was a little bit lacklustre, um, but you know, the beers flowing can make that still entertaining. Because one of my uh, employees today was going, oh, the game was horrible to watch. I was like, really? No, oh, it was okay from my perspective. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't yeah. mind it. Mind you, well, I was about got... six or seven beers in at that point, but um, yeah. I didn't mind it at all. My ears were getting a workout that night. <laughs> yes, they were. That's right. So what happened so, out there, Rick? We had a massive first quarter. First quarter was huge, it? wasn't it? We just dominated the midfield, and uh, it was a bit of a procession. And um, Sorry, one of our fans is um, having trouble connecting, getting a 404 error. Macca, but um, which I'd say is a browser uh, issue. But yeah, we just had complete midfield dominance. Um, Matt Lovey was competitive in the ruck and do- uh, beating Lawnberger and um, our midfielders were on top and we had uh, some efficient delivery. We weren't just bombing it full, um, waiting for Dixon to take the big specky every game and every, every opportunity we went in there. And not only that, we also picked up a couple of free kicks after the first three minutes where we didn't get a free kick to save our lives. So, 
yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was just Essendon, really, were just non-existent in that first quarter. Is that how you would have put it? Pretty much. I thought our midfield um, really delivered in that first quarter. They, they were getting the ball out, which uh, I guess we expected. Um, I guess the other thing to note was that Essendon had great trouble with our press. And, you know, it's something that we obviously um, previewed um, extensively um, on Thursday night. Uh, and I thought it delivered on Friday night. I thought um, it looked really good. I thought we maybe changed the way that we played it a little bit. Um, there were times when we did go man on man. Um, but that first quarter, I mean, how many intercept disposals did Pollock have in the first quarter? He must have had four or five. Pollock was a gun in that first quarter. He was best on ground by a country mile. And um, not only was it just delivering the ball, but his, um, his tackling... Um, yeah, all-round package first quarter. And I've got to see we're talking about Pollock now. Might as well go on with it. I mean, after his sluggish start to the year, wasn't it refreshing to see him just come out and do that? He did, yeah. Obviously, we were very, very critical of him uh, last week with his, uh, his pretty poor um, showdown performance. But, you know, he was one of our best players on Friday night. He had 23 touches, kicked a goal. Um Eight contested disposals. He got involved, and um, you know he really provided that sort of run and carry that we lacked. Yeah, and uh, well, like I said, just said I really loved his. Um, should have been my sweet, really, shouldn't it? It was just his intensity at the person with the ball as well. Um, you know, last week he just seemed not to want to go near it, and uh, this week he was really hunting, hunting the player and hunting the ball and. Um, yeah, he uh, he was delivering into our forward 50 and just to our players. I mean, that pass on the uh, eastern wing to, to hit Youngie on the check, uh, chest coming into the forward 50 was just a cracker, and he knew that he was just going to deliver it spot on because that's just the sort of player that he is. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy has mentioned that it's the third week in a row we've had 27 or more scoring shots, uh, which is pretty good performance. That means we're certainly hitting the scoreboard. We maybe just have to be a little bit more accurate. Absolutely. I, I didn't know that, but um, I guess if you asked me if we had 27 scoring shots in a game without knowing the result, would I be happy with that? You'd, you'd have to be pretty close to, wouldn't you? I mean, yep. what's the general rule? 15 goals, 10, 100 points. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, our goal kicking was pretty deplorable um, against the Crows, which yep. uh, didn't help, did it? No, not at all. No. Look, Patrick has also asked... Um, uh, is the flood dead as a winning tactic? Is the flood dead as a winning tactic? Well, I would say yes at the moment. I think with the mm. with the the pace that um, that teams move the ball these days, um, it's hard to sort of really flood back um, and expect to win the game. Um. But there's different forms of flood. Don't you think Adelaide floods, in a way? Uh, probably not. I mean, they push some players back and they use the slingshot. They, they certainly counter-attack quite a bit. But I don't think they flood back in terms of the traditional flood of seeing, you know, 16 or 18 players in the sort of defensive 60 metres of the ground. Yeah. I still reckon they flood a fair bit behind the ball, though. They might not go into the defensive 50, but they really try to outnumber behind the ball to... Uh, and they've been carving us up doing it for the last couple of years, I reckon. And so when the ball comes to ground, they're definitely outnumbering us and then they run off and we're not able to get back into our zonal position per se. So I guess my argument would be it's still a flood, but just in a, in a different form. Yeah. But I hope it... I hope it's dead because it's shit. <laughs> to put it no, politely, that's, that's a fair call. I uh, I certainly agree with that. It's uh, it's not great footy watching the flood. No. Um, I guess the, one of the questions I have is: Were you a bit disappointed that we only won by ten goals when we were so far in front at uh, quarter time? Because that's certainly a thing that was on the, uh, on the review thread. Um, a lot of people sort of thought that we should have won by a lot more, that we maybe took it a little bit easy or were a bit um, lazy in the final three quarters, um, burnt the ball a little bit? Mm. It's like asking me, are you unhappy because you got a free beer that you don't like? It's still free beer. 
So you'll drink it and take it and be happy. Um, for me, a 10-goal win is a 10-goal win because I'm going to I'm going to do the coach's speech here and say, well, nothing can be taken for granted at the AFL level. It's the elite level. And as we saw Essendon beat Melbourne the other day, Melbourne came out and nearly beat North Melbourne. So mm. I'll take a 10-goal win any day of the week. Was I expecting a bigger margin? Potentially after that first quarter, but... Credit to let's credit Essendon. They really, you know, clogged up the, the game and brought us down to their level a little bit. But we still, out, as you pointed out rightly, we we still outscored them four four goals in the, the next three quarters. Yeah, we still won every quarter, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty happy. I mean, if you said at the start of the game we'd take home a, a sixty-one point victory, I think everyone would have been pretty happy with that. Well, how many hundred-point wins have we had in the last two years? Not many. So why do we keep expecting it? No, it's it's very true. I mean, I guess with Essendon's side that they put on the park and the start that we had, I guess maybe you could be fair in sort of um, changing that expectation and and maybe looking for a 15-goal win. But you've also got to um, remember that there is another team out there um, and they don't want to lose by 15 goals and they're going to try everything possible to, uh, to save the result, save some percentage... Um, and not get embarrassed. Um, and Essendon certainly did that. You know, they pushed players behind the ball. Um, you know, they, they tried to hold on to the ball as much as possible. They chipped it around a lot. Um, and, you know, I guess they were pretty successful in uh, limiting our scoring abilities after quarter time. Well, if we probably... If we didn't have Carl Mon, I was going to say Aaron Young, but probably he's playing like a starting 22 player. Darcy Byrne-Jones, uh, Jayden you know... And we had all our experienced players in there. It probably would have been a, a thrashing of, a, of three figures, but yeah. we was we had our own. We had a younger side than what Essendon did on the night. I think in games experience. Yep. So um, you know, and like I said, credit to Essendon. They really they slowed down, but credit to Port because we didn't continue to play the same run and gun game style, which could have been detrimental. Uh, I thought we tried to hang on to the possession a little bit more, move the ball around. Um, and uh, and try and get around what Essendon were trying to do. So, um, yeah, from my perspective, I was I was really happy. Yes, it might not have been the greatest spectacle, especially with the expectation we had after the first quarter, but I was very, very happy with the result. You? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was very happy with the 10-goal win. Um, you know, it puts us sort of back at the status quo of what we were after round one in terms of percentage. Um, currently inside the eight, um, should hopefully give us a, a bit of a boost in confidence um, when we face a, a reasonably dangerous GWS next week. Well, here you go. I've got a question for you. Mm. We're two and one, so we're the same position as Adelaide. We're the same position as the Bulldogs. Yep. But would the opposition teams have learned more from the way Adelaide and the Bulldogs have played after three rounds? compared to what we've played in the last three rounds? Probably. I mean, you're always going to learn more from teams that uh, look quite dominant, as the Crows and the Dogs have, as opposed to to teams that look a little bit scrappy, in my opinion. Yes. So I think we're still... I don't know if we're still trying to work out what the hell we're doing, or uh, we're still refining our game plan, but the moral of the story is that um, we're still 2-1, and and I think we haven't disclosed a lot of what we're doing compared to what the other teams have that are up around there as well. So I think I think that's a good thing for us as long as we can keep knocking those wins off. Yeah. No, very true. Uh, I guess I want to talk about some individual performances on the weekend. Robbie Gray, is there a better player in the AFL as we currently sit tonight? Outrageous. Of course there is, Macca. Don't say Jasper. Jasper bloody Pittard. Come on, you mofos. Of course, how good a form is Jasper Pittard in, honestly? Jasper is in ripping form, it has to be said. He Um, is in all-Australian mofo form. He is is the best player in the competition right now. And I'd say he is the best player in AFL Universe. He is that good. And unstoppable force. I mean, everyone can do what Robin Gray does. Have you had your fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, Jasper. Jasper is. 
dominating at the moment. He's been fantastic for three weeks. He did the same thing at the start of last year. Had two months of absolute ripping football and then just sort of it slowly disintegrated. So hopefully, fingers crossed, this year he can put that whole season together um, and become that All-Australian that we know he can be. Actually, seriously, though, Robbie Gray is in cracking form. I, I was mocking Lee Matthews after our first round win. Um, did Robbie Gray get 10 coaches points in round one and round three? I think so, yep. So he only got one point against the Crows. Because he's on 21 coaches' points at the moment. I mean, that's probably fair. Really? Oh, look, he was wonderful a bit against the Crows, but he when you have awesome. a team that wins by 10 goals, you're going to find it hard to find um, points for, for players in the losing team, especially when you've got Tom Lynch that kicked six goals and Eddie and Josh Jenkins that kicked five and you know all that sort of stuff. So I guess that's probably fair. Even though he would have deserved more, uh, I think that's probably a bit fair. I thought he deserved at least four, but yeah. he um, he is in cracking form, and I think it's 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 almost still an insult the lack of recognition he, he's still getting in some um, facets of the media. I just think yeah, there's you know, there's minimal comparisons, and you know, hopefully, what is he? He's twenty eight. Mm. How old's Gazza Ablett now? 30, 30, 35? 35. 30, 30. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I think he's 35. He's probably 32 or something like that. I don't think he's 35. Yeah. I'm going to type it, Raman, and find out. I think it was Raman who asked that question. Um, Just to go through some of Robbie's stats, I mean, he had 30 touches, um, two tackles, two goals, 12 clearances, 22 contested possessions, two goal assists, seven inside 50s. And, you know, as Lee Matthew said, he's just a dime a dozen footballer, really, isn't he? There's nothing special about him at all. Uh, Gary Ablett's 31. 31. May 14. So he's almost 32. Yeah, you know, look, he's pretty boring. I mean, really. I mean, what? He's got balance, breaks most tackles, so he's untackleable. Uh, fantastic goal sense. We'll, we'll kick most goals now from, from any position and any angle. Uh, efficient uh, user of the ball. Uh, clearance machine. Um, you know, he can just extract the ball at will when he wants to. Um, yeah, I see players like that even at suburban level all the time. I mean, let's face it, Lee Matthews is right. I mean, it's just a diamond does it higher, really. I mean, but then you've got someone like Jack Watts, who's just an absolute superstar. That's it. Well, look, yeah. let's be honest. He is in a Brownlow winning form at the moment. The media love him. The umpires have no excuse not to know who he is now. Um, if he puts this up for the whole year, he's an absolute cert for the Brownlow. He'll be right up there. I mean, Luke Parker's having a pretty bloody good season, but um, um, he will be right up there. And, you know, we've been notorious poor polers in the uh, Brownlow medal, and we seem to really get shafted with that um, that second vote where if we have a dominant win, the opposition usually get it, and if we don't win, we usually get stuff all. Um, so that's uh, that might work against us, but he deserves to be right up there. And wouldn't it be awesome, you know, with the horrific injury that he did to his knee a few years ago, uh, to come back and potentially win the Brownlow medal would just be, uh, you know, icing on the cake for him. I'm sure he'd love it. And yeah. our supporters would enjoy it too. Yeah. Jimmy has said he was paying uh, $12 for the Brownlow at the start of the year, so... Hope a few people got uh, got on that. Jimmy's cheering at this point in time. He is. <laughs> uh, question, Jimmy Tumpus. Um, St. Chris has sent in a question um, and said, is Jimmy Tumpus just a great Kane Corns and wouldn't Kane Mitchell be more effective with his running power and uh, similar disposal? I don't think so. I think Jimmy Tumpus has a bit, no offence to Kane Mitchell, um, but I think Jimmy Tumpus has a lot more upside at, what, 22 years of age. Um, I think he'll find his feet and his disposal will get better. He's a quality player, and I think it's just great that he's he found a lot of ball, and that's going to do his confidence and the world of good. And uh, I reckon it'll be onwards and upwards from here. Yeah, well, there was quite a few people that were really critical of his performance, um, especially with his uh, disposal. Um, I've only watched the first quarter of the replay, and I didn't notice anything wrong. So still to see the final three quarters, um, and I'm going to be watching him closely because I thought he was actually really good on a Friday night at the ground. Um, you know, he, he went in hard, he got the ball. Um, I thought his skills were okay. 
Um, could be better, um, but I guess um, you know, we I guess we weren't really all that efficient um, on Friday night, even though we did have a disposal efficiency of seventy two percent. As we mentioned a bit earlier, we did sort of burn the bowl a little bit. But um, so, Chris, I reckon you're the only person that uh, would be wanting Kane Mitchell in the side. <laughs> in front of uh, Jimmy Tumbas, I reckon. I think St. Chris is trolling us all, all supporters. And I mean, look, at the same time, though, if he keeps racking up 40 disposal games in the SANFL, well, he's going to push his way into the side if he's if he's delivering. But it might not be this week because it looks like he, he's got reported. So. That's it. Um, the, day mo- uh, the debut man, Darcy Byrne-Jones. Um, how did you see his effort, mate? Who? DBJ. Or DB Hooray. Oh. McLovin. The, the, Jas- the Jasper wannabe. Dylan, it's happening. Yeah. McLovin. It's happened. The Jasper the Jasper wannabe. The Shadow. We should call him the Shadow. Because <laughs> he's, for- he's forever going to live in hyphenated shadow of greatness. Um, but I, I liked his game. He, uh, he was hard. He provided some run. A bit of composure. And um, he, he earned his spot in the side. If... Uh, you know, will he keep it? That's another thing because I'd assume Hamish Hartlett's probably coming back um, uh, this weekend. Uh, so, you know, who's the unlucky halfback flanker? But, um, yeah, look, he, he didn't put a foot wrong and uh, everyone loves a bit of blood, don't they? When, especially when you're kicking a goal. That's it. I mean, for a debut, it was certainly a, a very good performance. Um, I thought he looked really composed with the bowl. Uh, he went in super hard, kicked a great goal. Um, you know, for a half-back flanker, that's a pretty good debut, I reckon. And, um, you know, he certainly won a lot of fans. Because, look, you know, maybe six months ago at the end of the season, there were a lot of people sort of questioning why he was still on the list, uh, why he was given another contract. And, you know, I think um, I think this is why. You know, he's a, he's a very good player with a lot of upside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been on the list long enough now... Um... Uh, to really uh, be showing signs of improvement and pushing into the starting 22, um, you know, especially being best 25 players. So it is his time uh, to be coming in. Um, but, look, yeah, like you said, he did his job perfectly. And uh, by all means, he's never going to be as good as Jasper because there's only one hyphen, really. But um, he's he's working his way. Mm. Oh, and I also, I also noticed um, last time when you sat out, someone commented they missed Macca because they missed your that's it. And I never noticed how often you said it until now. I reckon I've said it about 15 times tonight already. Yeah, it's like me saying awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, Carl Amon, he came in, I guess, for uh, a bit of a swap for Wingard, I guess. Um, and, you know, he put in a great performance again. You know, 13 touches, kicked two goals, had a couple of goal assists. Um, his ball use is just superb. Um, and for me, I'd love to find a way to sort of keep him in the side. Yeah, I can't see it happening. I think he's going to be out uh, when Chad goes, mm. comes back in. But... Um, all he can do is keep delivering those sort of performances, and when the opportunity comes, he'll he'll get his uh, his call up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good game. Mm. Anyone that you want to talk about, Rickster? Uh, anyone I want to talk about? Uh, Lobi, I thought was fantastic. Okay. He he is my new favourite player at the Port Adelaide Football Club. Why is that, Rick? No reason, Macca. Why do you Why do you ask? No conflict of interest there at all, or no? Of course just, not. Just your honest opinion. No. What are you talking about? Oh, I've got no idea. No, no idea. No, Matt, Matt Lobie is my sponsored player this year. I'm actually sitting out of the um, player sponsored dinner tonight to actually uh, do Port Fan Radio. That's that's the sacrifice that I've made. So um, Mel and Aaron are there, Aaron who works for us, good friend of ours. She, uh, she's been texting me all show with uh, uh, Timmy G and uh, I think John O'Ross because he's another one of our sponsored players. Looks like she's trying to run up stage and molest her a few of the footy players as well. So, um, But, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good. So we've got Lobie and John O'Ross under the New Vision umbrella this year, plus uh, 
pretty sure Jacko will be coming back as an ambassador. So we're, we're getting a, a nice suite of uh, Port Adelaide players in the in the new vision model, which is a good thing, better than Crows players, don't you reckon? That's it. The Twin well, Towers, eh? But no, seriously. Yeah, Twin Towers. But seriously, I thought Lobie's performance was very serviceable. We've been pretty harsh on him so far this year and uh, took a few marks, was a lot more influential in the ruck. Is he just maybe slowly building that workhorse momentum that we associate with him? Possibly. I thought he was pretty decent. Took two marks. Um, I thought uh, some of his hitouts were really fantastic, competed really well, um, and probably broke even with Berger in the end, who's um, probably not had a great year today, I guess. But, um, yeah, Lobie, it was, it was a bit of a step in the right direction. You know, and following, um, following his good sort of game in the showdown against Jacobs, um, you know, I think the criticism of him might be a little bit harsh. What about, uh, if we're talking about harsh criticisms, what about Tom Jonas? Is there, a lot of, is there a lack of loving for Tom Jonas at the moment? I think there is. I thought he had a really good game on the weekend. Um, he had something ridiculous, like 15 spoils. Um, you know, so he was probably one of those players, like I mentioned about Pollock earlier, how he got in the way. Uh, Jonas really got in the way down back and um, really sort of um, uh, relished uh, the sort of press that we were playing. Um, yeah, had 16 touches. I guess my only disappointment with, with him was um, in the second half, I thought he really sort of burned the ball a bit and I think it was about three kicks in a row he had out, out on the full, which is a little bit disappointing. But uh, his defensive work was great. Um, and yeah, he was, uh, he was one of my best players, I think. And I guess the most important participant, how, how did you rate the coaches? How was our so-called press and negating the Joe Goose goals? Did you notice anything different? Well, as I said earlier, we only, we only gave up one goal. Um, Essendon really found it hard. Um, as I mentioned in the preview, you know they loved to play uh, through the corridor uh, and move the ball really quickly on the counter-attack uh, against Melbourne. And I can't really remember them doing that much at all on Friday night. Um, you know, they seemed to play that sort of slow, uh, methodical approach, um, try to keep the ball as much as possible, um, and really found it hard to, to find some space inside 50. And you know, when, the, when they were coming up, um, you know, Joe Danaher had a massive game against the Ds had something like um, uh, 15 marks and 7 marks inside 50 or something like that. And I think he only had a couple of marks inside 50 on Friday night. I thought uh, Trengove did a fantastic job on Danaher. Yes, agreed. Jacko, I thought, was great. And I think he's another one that's been underappreciated lately. Um, People are forgetting that he's very influential uh, to our structures. And, yeah, I mean, take out that. Uh, miraculous goal that he took. Yeah, pretty much um, took him right out of the game. Yeah. Um, uh, so who yep. was your top five? Go for it. Who was your best five? Uh, Robbie Gray, Jasper Pittard, uh, shit, Matthew Broadbent, um, Brad Ebert, and Justin Westhoff. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I was a bit. I thought, thought Westy had a good game. The beers were getting to me at the end, <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's a bit hazy. But yeah, I've been. He's he's been more noticeable this year. Yeah. Don't you think? He has. I thought he was uh, maybe a little bit down against uh, the Crows, but yeah, I thought he was very very good on uh, on yeah, Friday he, night. He popped a finger. That would hurt me. Over I'd be crying. For, I'd be crying for days. Yeah. If I if I looked at my hand and my my index fingers at right angles to where it should be, I mean, that wouldn't be pleasant, surely. Mm. True. Uh, my top five: uh, Robbie Gray. Obviously, he was wonderful. Um, Jasper Pittard, we've spoken about. Uh, Jared Pollock, I thought he had a really good game as well. Uh, Brad Ebert, the polls. We, the polls yes. yes. Uh, Brad Ebert, who I haven't met or we haven't mentioned at all tonight uh, so far. I thought he had a great game, yeah. 18 touches, kicked a goal. Yeah, he's really hitting, hitting the scoreboard this year, uh, which he wasn't last yeah. year, so that's a good improvement. Um, and I had Jackson Trengove, uh, my fifth best player, uh, for his job on Joey Danaher. Well, I'll tell him that, that you, you had him in the big, the top five. Can I swap Matthew Broadbent for uh, Jared Pollock? I forgot all about him. Good he was him. awesome. Yeah, sorry. He was awesome, and I'd have him at number three. 
He, uh, yeah, sorry. I confused the two. One's got hair and one doesn't. One's skinny, one's fat. But they still, they're still confusing. Yep. So one of the games, about, I mean, we spoke about... Uh, you go, Rick. What were you going to say? I'm gonna, do you know what the hell is going on with this whole China experiment? Look, I'm intrigued, to be honest. What do you think it is? I, it's got to be that we're playing a game in China, surely. That's got to be part of it. It's got to be part of it. Why else would Gillan McLaughlin go over there? If it was just a sponsorship deal, why would McLaughlin go over there? Why is bloody Malcolm Turnbull going over there? Well, that too. I mean, it's, it seems like everyone's involved in this announcement. I'm absolutely intrigued to find out what it is. It's got to be that we're playing a game or, or something like that over there. I mean, it's got yeah. to be part of that. Um, maybe whether we've maybe. got um, whether we do get some sponsorship announcements out of that as well. I think um, that's a big possibility. Um, but I guess um, South China Airlines could they maybe sponsor? Could be. Yeah, could they're be. coming coming to Adelaide with a new route next year. They are. Yeah. That's it. Did you see um, much of the other games outside of the uh, the Super Sunday games uh, yesterday, mate? I only saw. Uh little bits and pieces of games. I didn't really see a whole game. Mel was putting the clamps down, wouldn't let me watch too much footy because I wanted to watch something else. But I listened to Adelaide Richmond, which was really surprising. I'm I'm one of those people expecting to just see Adelaide falter already after three games, and um, that hasn't happened. So they've been quite quite impressive. I'm starting to wonder if... um, if there's a novel novelty factor for coaches in the first couple of years, when the the new coaches can catch the uh, competition by surprise with their game plan, and it takes a while for everyone to adjust. Yeah, look, the Crows have a good side. There's no doubt about that. I think. Um, Do we have to admit that? Well. We don't have to, but it is true. They do have a good first eighteen. Their depth might be tested if they get a few injuries, but. Yeah, you know, they've got a lot of very good players. They've got a good midfield. They've got a good defence, um, and just possibly the best forward line in the league, really. Um, as much as it sort of pains to say it, um, and as I said in the in the first uh, podcast for the year, if they end up after the first couple of months uh, even, so maybe four four, they're looking in a really good position to make top four because their their draw really opens up after that. Um, as we saw last year with us, um, it doesn't mean it will happen. Um, but uh, you know they're looking pretty good at the moment. And it, look, I mean, we were disappointing last week. Richmond have been disappointing um, at the moment, so they're super tough uh, start to the year. You know, it probably hasn't been all that tough. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to vomit. Thanks. I've got to say, Richmond, but talk about uh, taking a bat bowl and uh, and going home and uh, having this media ban of, of banning your players from talking to the media. I mean, how pathetic Why are they is that? Doing that? How pathetic is that? that? Well, they did that because I think um, part of it was due to the media, I think, um, misconstruing a few comments that some players made and making a bit of a deal out of it. Um, But yeah, I just reckon that's pathetic. You know, if if you're going bad, just, uh, you know, just live it up, mate. You've got got to own your situation, I reckon. I can understand Collingwood maybe media banning Robbo. Um, I can sort of see that one, but yeah, I can't. I can't see the rest. But um, I guess Sydney is probably the other interesting one. They're, I mean, G, GWS took it up to them for three quarters, which was uh, good and a bit of a ominous sign for us that we can't take it easy. But um, mate, they're still plugging on, aren't they? So, no, you are right. Sydney, have, uh, I think a lot of people sort of predicted the uh, the downturn of the Swans, but it uh, certainly hasn't happened. Franklin's in great form. Tippett's in great form. You know, they've got just about the best midfield in the league. Um, mm. You know, they're looking pretty good. Stockholm reckons Travis Boat to play for the Beijing Mangpies. <laughs> oh? But, um, Could happen. All right. I want to take you back to the start of the show, Macca. Mm. With modern football... What is Port Adelaide football these days? I think Port Adelaide football is still all about what it has always been about, which is um, hard contested footy, going in hard, giving your all, um, leaving everything out out on the park, um, and making sure you win the game. Are we playing Port Adelaide football then? 
I think we're trying to. Um, I think we are trying to come up with a system that allows us to play that way. Is zoning Port Adelaide football? Really? Uh, I think if you look at how we played in 2004, I think we did that quite a bit with guys like Monty and Chad Corns going down back, um, sort of zoning off and uh, and applying that sort of third man up pressure. Um, and look, I think um, you, you look at uh, the great Port Adelaide size of the 80s and 90s, you, everyone sort of thinks about the great midfields and guys like obviously Scotty Hodges up forward. Um, but... In reality, it was all about the defence, the Dower defence. I mean, Roger Delaney is an all-round champion, just about the best SANFL fullback of all time. Everyone knows about George Fiacci. He was a gun. Um, guys like Stephen Carter, Brian Lays, Greg Phillips, um, Paul Northeast. Yeah, all our great sides were built around that super strong Ma- defence. Martin Leslie. Yep, yeah, that's it. Um, all our great sort of Port Adelaide sides were built around that fantastic defence. Mm. I gotta say, I reckon Martin Leslie was my all-time favourite centre half back, even more than Greg Phillips, who was a is a complete legend. It was just some, it was just something about Martin, his hardness and his uh, his attributes. He was just a I just found him a tough, fascinating footballer to watch. I was gutted when he went to. Brisbane. Yeah, he was a wonderful footballer and certainly didn't take any garbage from his opponents, that's for sure. No, and maybe it's that stouch he had with tough man Dermot Brereton that um, swayed me, but um, yeah, always uh, always loved the old Martin, but we're off topic, but yeah, I just it's just an interesting debate now with zonal... Well, what do you and, think? What do you think Port Adelaide football is? Yeah, look, I, I just think it's hard at the body and hard at the man and putting your head over the ball. And if uh, if our if our players do that, well, then I think we're playing Port Adelaide football. And I don't think we did that against the Crows, that's for sure. I don't know I don't know what football we dished up there, but I'm pretty sure if you asked every player that played in that team, they'd probably say the same thing. But I think... It's easy to question what actually is Port Adelaide football with modern, with the modern advancements of strategy with the AFL. Let's have a quick chat about the SANFL. Port Adelaide are finally on the winners list in the SANFL, beating North Adelaide at the Albert and Oval by forty-three points. Uh, a 10-goal to zero second quarter set up the win with uh, Luke Reynolds kicking five, Butcher kicking three, uh, Kane Mitchell, Will Snelling, uh, Dugues, Howard, and Jesse Palmer kicking two goals each. Butcher. 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 That's all that matters. Butcher. Yeah, the Butch. What happened? He had a big start and then petered off. He did. He had, uh, he had a massive first half and then pretty much didn't touch the ball after that. But... Uh, Look, he still had a good game, five marks, three goals. Uh, you know, he's hitting the scoreboard, and that's what we need him to do uh, on a consistent basis, and he certainly put his name up there. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I would still make him earn it a bit more. I would hope the Dougal comes back first. Um, well, he had a big think, game. He had a big game. Yeah. 19 he's minutes, a couple of marks, yep. two goals. He had a great preseason. Unlucky to be dropped against the after the Crows debacle. Um, I would like to see Butch string a few more games together and show some consistency and then we'll make a Mooney spot on the side still. But um, Dougal, um, yeah, I reckon it's it's time. It's dry football at Canberra. Might be chilly. Al will be there, I'm sure. Um, our mate Al, who's got his show, I think, tomorrow night, the Alberton Bar. Yes. Um, I yes. thought Will Snelling had a wonderful game. Um, his first big game for Port Adelaide. He had 24 touches, uh, five tackles, eight clearances, six inside fifties, and a couple of goals. And look, I still think he might be the first um, uh, debutant from last year's uh, draft class. Yeah, he. Uh, did I joke? I think I joked around. I'd like to see a game with Sam Gray, um, Jay Need, Will Snelling, because he's a tiny fellow, though, isn't he? Yeah, Kane Mitchell. Kane Mitchell, 
Um, look, I didn't really see much of the game, so I can't really answer too much of it. But, um, look, he, I liked what I saw in the preseason of um, Snelling. He, he looked hard at it. Talk about Port LA football. He looked like a Port LA footballer. You know, he tough, is Port LA football right there. Tough and hard at the ball and the person with the ball. So, um, yeah, it would be exciting. I think we'd need a few more injuries, though, before he would be automatically in the side, I would assume. Yeah, you, you're probably right there. Yeah. Um, Kane Mitchell had another big game. You've you got to give it to Kane. He just keeps on presenting week after week with fantastic performances. He had 26 touches, 10 clearances, a couple of inside 50s and two goals as well. Sammy Cahoon uh, had a day out. He had 30 touches and, uh, and nine marks. Well, what do you think about Kane Mitchell? Should he come back? I think there's no doubt he's going to get games this year um, because he's that sort of player. He's just going to present himself week after week, play great footy. Um, and kind of make the coaches pick him, I guess. Um, you know, I, I thought he was going to come in this week with uh, Matty White going on the uh, on the long term injury list. Uh, I thought that um, I know, that looked like a sign that uh, they might upgrade Kane, but it didn't happen um, at this point in time. But uh, I guess the door's always open there for him. So, what about this Luke Reynolds character? Well, he's a bit of an in, intriguing one. He was uh, he was back at Port Adelaide last year. The, I think the year before that he was at uh, at Carlton um, as a rookie list player. Uh, didn't get much of a go at all. Um, you know, he was a highly rated junior. Went through the Magpie system. He's come back. Um, he had a massive game in the preseason. I think he kicked uh, six or eight goals in one of the games there. Um, and he's come up with his best SANFL performance to date with five goals. Um, you know, he's a mid-sized player. Probably plays like a slower Monfries, I guess you'd say, maybe a little... He's, he's actually almost like a forward version of Tommy Jonas, if that makes any sense. Right. Because he's got a big body. He's, um, he's not key position size. He's only about 188 centimetres, I think. Um, maybe a little bit slow, but he, he just um, knows how to play footy. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully I can get to a couple of SANFL games and... Uh... Uh, check it out this year and uh, see how it all goes, but it might take a uh, take me a little bit of time. Seeing I'll be always soon, and you'll be without me for five weeks. How going to cope? Look, life goes on, doesn't it? Are you going to cry? You've just got to deal with tragedy and move on. <laughs> don't put it that way. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> I don't have the the, the most confident uh, mindset when it comes to flying, as it is. So restructure, restructure that, please. Actually, Ryan Pilar has said uh, Nick Salterish in regards to Luke Reynolds. He's, I guess he's probably Nick similar. Nick Salterish. Salter was a bit taller, I think, but um, yeah, definitely a, a pretty good uh, comparison there. I reckon Nick Salter was the most mistreated player in Port Adelaide's history. Nah, Adam Thompson. Nah. Tomo's all right. He, he's back working for the body club. I know. I know. That's how much we love him. He came I still back don't un- a job. I still don't understand why Nick Salter couldn't play in the forward lines. Oh, I think we can all blame Dean Laley for that. Wasn't he yeah. the one that came up with the great idea of putting him down back because of his great kick? And then we I've just got... never played him. <laughs> Was Dean Laley one of the most detrimental influences to Port LA Football Club? Is he one of the most detrimental... Influences every football club because I think every football club he's been at, um, except for North Melbourne, which he coached, um, he's been in the coaching lineup of a coach that's been sacked. I think the yeah. last three clubs he's been at, the coach has been sacked. So Good the old Skypey Skypey lately. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, it's nothing wrong with Skype, man. Skype's great. We are doing this at the moment. Look, I could coach over this system that we're using at the moment. <laughs> you coach me every time we're on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, look, no for no for Butch for me. Uh, I would I would make him earn it a bit more. Yes for the Dougal for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping we don't see Snelling this year at all. Okay. Because then we'll have a nice fit list. All right. Yep. That's fair. We wouldn't want to dig any more deeper into our injury hole, would we? Surely. No, that's a, that's a true point. But I guess for me, it's more Snelling putting putting his name forward and uh, and jumping past a few players. 
Who's he going to jump past? Sam Gray? I think uh, it's possible that he might jump past guys like uh, Tumpus, um, possibly Amon. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if, if he plays like that every week, he's going to certainly put his name up there and they're going to maybe look for a spot in the side for him and, and give him a, a bit of a taste, give him a couple of games. Would they wait for, like, the uh, Carlton-Brisbane game and stuff like that? Possibly. Is it a bit of a worry that we actually play Brisbane in round seven and then Carlton in round eight after what happened last year? Oh, look, good, good for a bit of redemption, I think. Is it even more of a worry that we're playing Richmond, Brisbane, Carlton? Mm-hmm. I hope not. No, I would hope for three wins there. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And a big thank you to everyone that's uh, contributed on the message board on Spreaker once yes. again. And uh, for all those who tuned in live. Um, one way that you can all really help the show uh, is by leaving a review for both uh, Port Fan Radio and also Big Footy Power Podcast on iTunes. Search for them. Leave a review, leave a five-star review if you like it. Um, yes. The reviews actually really do help other Port fans discover all the fan drip and stuff uh, that we're doing with Port Fan Radio at the moment. Can I just say that there's a another very poor AFL podcast? Well, I don't know, I've never listened to it, but it's, doesn't, it's not on Port Fan Radio, so it can't be that good. But I noticed they had 85 reviews and they were in the suggested radio, uh, suggested download list of iTunes. So... If we can get everyone to sacrifice a couple of minutes to download on iTunes and write a review um, and review Poor Fan Radio because then that's going to help all the shows um, get exposure. And I think it's great, you know, we've got our, I'm pretty sure coming on tomorrow night with the boys and Matt Sullivan on Wednesday night and, and then, you know, us three with what, Mondays and Thursdays and, and then the, the podcast team as well, including the pair. All these, all these people are sacrificing their time for uh, something they love and follow and, uh, you know, for, for people like everyone that listens in. So um, we don't ask for much, except for money. Money would be nice, wouldn't it, Maka? Yep. We don't ask for much, but if you want to give us 100 grand, um, that would be pretty good. We could do it. What could we do with that? Go see Port play Collingwood and uh, do a maybe fly to... Uh, domain Stadium and see Frio straight afterwards. And With a hundred grand, we could travel to China for the first AFL game there. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool. We could, but who says that's going to happen? We could do a live podcast from China at the ground. So anyway, do you, just quickly, do you think that the treacherous, weaseling Victorian clubs are going to try and take advantage of the hard work, pioneering work? that our footy club's been doing in China? Is it weaseling? Or is this just opening up an opportunity for the AFL as a whole? I mean, just imagine if... Um, I mean, what's the best-case scenario here for the AFL? Is that CCTV um, offer uh, massive money to get rights for AFL games to show into China, similar to the, uh, to the Channel 7 and Foxtel deal? You know, I mean, what Absolutely. what would it mean if uh, if they offered you know five hundred million dollars for three years or something? I mean, that would just completely change uh, the landscape of the AFL. It would open up uh, for a lot more money to the clubs. It would open up for the players to get a lot more money. And on that note, let's uh, let's sign off. Can the pit? Butcher! Butcher! Hasn't got two dads, but Jasper does. Salisbury for Glenelg. Marnie tackles Brown, drives towards the goal square. Grenbold gets back there for Glenelg.